Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Well, hey there. It's time for the Georgia Show, Wednesday edition. Georgia bye week, but the dogs aren't taking the week off, and we aren't either. We're going to take a look at where Georgia is at the midpoint of the season and where they're headed for the back end of the year. Plus, we'll talk about some injury updates and Marius Mims, Kendall Milton. I know y'all want to know how they're doing. Kirby Smart has an update. And uh, we also talk about a big SEC flip. The dogs pick up a cornerback. From the Bayou Bengals, it's time for the Georgia Show. Let's hunker down, y'all. Better never rest. Thanks, as always, to uh, Granville, good Georgia band, bringing us in each and every episode for this season as the dogs are on pursuit of a three-peat. Jake Rowe, Palmer Toms, and myself, Jeremy Johnson, will join us a little bit later to talk about Dre Evans, big flip from LSU that Georgia landed today. But, guys, first I want to start with where Georgia is right now at the midpoint of this season and where we think they're headed. I'm going to just rattle off a few big-picture stats they tell you how the dogs are performing right now. Carson Beck, individually, the fifth best quarterback in all of college football with 2,147 yards. Uh, scoring offense, man, Mike Bobo, what a bum, right? Number nine overall, Georgia scoring 40 points per game. Oregon, number one there, 48.5 points per game for some reference. And the scoring defense, dogs are top seven. They are number seven, averaging 14 points per game. A game. Guys, 
what what jumps off the page for you? What's uh, surprising about what George is doing, whether it's good or bad right now? I guess what jumps off the page for me is I kind of agree with those folks who are, you know, who are critical a little bit. I mean, you know, uh, all this like, you know, um, I think there's a lot of hyperbole out there like, oh, man, this is bad. That's bad. You know, I don't think any of it's bad. Um, but I still don't think Georgia's played its best ball yet. And and you look at all those numbers and it's pretty impressive. And so I think that ultimately there's a there's a there's a lot of meat left on the bone for this team, man. There is a lot of meat left on the bone for this team. And I think if, you know, if you – with Bowers, you know, obviously you guys talked about that injury on on Sunday. Um, and we talked about it again. You did a live we there. We talked a, about a it again full on the video. show about it tonight. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about it a lot in the coming weeks. Um, but, you know, it's not one guy. It's not, okay, well, you got two guys from the transfer portal or – or, or uh, loss and lucky time or, or uh, De Oscar Delp time or anything like that. It's none of that. It's just the fact that this football team has still got its best football out there to play. Um, even against Kentucky, that was dominant, all right? And Georgia will take that. That was, that was their best overall effort of the season in terms of focus and energy and was far from perfect. And, you know, I think that what stands out to me is, you know, we've got, you know, we've got a team here that is, that is, you know, doing a lot of really good things and putting up a lot of really good stats. Um, and it can keep doing that against even better competition going forward if it plays better football. Palmer, you have a uh, nice piece up on dogshq.com right now about this very topic, about where Georgia is. And you gave a critical evaluation of the dogs, not a, a ton of stat breakdown, but just your eye on what Georgia's excelling at and what they're not doing the best at. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like we've learned a lot about this team through the first half of the season. And, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you, Jake, and, and everybody that's a little bit critical. This team has not played their best football, and that's okay. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about it today, had a lot of time on the drive to and from Birmingham for basketball media days, and um, – you know, just just a lot to think about with this team. And to me, it's a pretty similar to last year's squad. Um, you know, obviously they they had a, a couple of, uh, you know, strong showings early on. Obviously, the Oregon won against a ranked opponent. But you, you can kind of compare that to this year's game against Kentucky. Um, you know, South Carolina was in there and, and that was that felt like a big win at the time. And um, you know, with, with the way that Georgia came out and, and showed up early and, and, you know, played on the road. Um, but last year's team had some moments where it wasn't all too pretty, um, you know, and, and they played their best football. They had their biggest stretch down the stretch, um, you know, with, with that run of Florida in Jacksonville, obviously the, the rivalry game against Georgia Tech, but in between that, just like it is this year, you've got, uh, you know, you had a couple of sandwich tough opponents, a Tennessee team that came in ranked number one in the country, and then two road trips to that physical tough Kentucky team and, and Mississippi State as well. Um, you know, to me, I, I look at this year and last year, and they're not all too, um, you know, different in, in the fact that this team, the story for this team is still out there. Uh, it, it has not been written yet. And, um, you know, they've got an opportunity 
to uh, play their best football when it matters most. I'll, I'll continue to say that that Oregon game last season gave a lot of Georgia fans and a lot of people covering the team, watching the team, a good picture of how dominant they can be, and it was right out of the gate. And this this season, you only have that Kentucky game to point to and say the same thing. But what do those games have in common in the games that Georgia showed up in? It was against a ranked opponent. It was against a team that they knew they had to elevate. And I think this season, the similarity there is that Georgia, I don't know if they're playing down to the competition because these two seasons are different, but you have similar results. And this season, uh, it may not be because they're playing down to the opponent, but it's just because of how young they are. And that's a good sign because as the season goes on after this bye week, even without Brock Bowers, there's, there's a lot of room to grow. No doubt about it. Both sides of the ball, too. That That's another key. Is You know, it's funny, man. I, I look back at last season, and I kind of was like, all right, you know, who stepped up for Georgia last season? Um, you know, who kind of played some great ball um, when, when Georgia needed it the most? And you know, Nolan Smith goes down, and Jalen Carter just kind of surges, right? I mean, he, he's, he's back, first of all, but he plays his best football of the year when Nolan Smith goes down. And, you know, it's it, – it's, it's not necessarily a guy to your position. It's not necessarily, you know, the, that side of the ball. It's not necessarily, um, you know, it's about this team getting better. And, and you know, honestly, you know, you look at Georgia, and I mean, would it shock you if Georgia playing Missouri, Georgia playing Florida and 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 uh, Tennessee away from Sanford Stadium, but playing Missouri and, and Ole Miss at home, would it shock you if Georgia went through that stretch and allowed 14 points a game or 13 points a game against that schedule? It wouldn't me. And let me tell you something. If Georgia rolls through that thing and, and allows 13 points a game, I mean, it's going to play for an SEC title. Yep. You know, that's uh, I feel good about that. So, I mean, I, I think I, I think Georgia has uh, – it, it's it just all comes down to playing better football, man, and and hanging on to the football. You know, we put put something out about that today, Wes. I think you had a you had a, a video about it, or or I can't remember. Yeah, it was a, it was a clip out from right? Sunday, and I don't want to you know beat the dead horse or you know, continue to bring the same point to the table. But the fact that Georgia right now is tied for 61st in all of college football in the turnover margin, they're dead even. They have nine giveaways and they have nine takeaways. Now, the remarkable thing about that stat, even though Georgia's 61st overall, they're second overall in interceptions. They have nine picks. They somehow have not recovered a fumble in that tally of nine takeaways. I don't remember a whole lot of balls even being on the ground. Only like one. I, only one yeah. this year. Dan Jackson uh, forced one. I yeah, so. That's who it was. Bless you, Jake. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, you, you look at teams that are excelling yeah. at that. Oklahoma's number one. They're plus 11. I mean, that is just filthy stuff. Uh, that's a, a good indicator of how well Oklahoma's doing. And Georgia has forgotten the art of the homeless, uh, homeless, harmless term of turnover. Like the, the you don't turnover. want a homeless turnover either. Yeah, yeah. Home, homeless turnovers, homeless apple turnovers. It, I bet those taste great. Here's um, one thing, and, and Jake, I'll let you finish your point. Yeah, I mean they they, they love to do it and and put the team in gold opportunity to score. Um, Georgia has, I think, past six games, six turnovers, and and you know, as it relates to Georgia minus territory, you know, on, on their side of the field. They've allowed five touchdowns in the mm -hmm. past four and games. And missed the field goal on the other one. 
yeah, Vandy got a, a nice gust of wind to miss the field goal. Now, congr- I mean, you know, kudos to the defense for standing tall there and forcing the three and out. Vandy got also very fortunate on that play that Ken Seals throws it up, and as soon as he does, I think it was Javon Bullard who slipped down um, and probably would have picked that ball off easy. Um, so, you know, that Vandy got a little lucky on that as well. But ultimately, man, this offense has got to – that's my really only complaint about the offense. The only real way I would ding the offense right now is – you know they're 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 not taking care of the football and and you know they've they've it's been three at least three fumbles have put the put the defense in a bad spot and you know we've seen Carson Beck throw I think you know around three interceptions during that time too now some of those I will say some of those were when Georgia was kind of very much controlling the game um, you know pretty much all of them actually I mean one of them kind of let Vanderbilt a little bit back in it uh Georgia still I never really was concerned about Georgia losing that game um you know made it made the score look closer than it actually was but all three of his interceptions you know or or two interceptions well the the Auburn game is a little bit different but three out of his last four interceptions have been when the game was in under control so that that's something you got to keep an eye on too so the point I was going to add to this the the turnover conversation and it's because Kirby harps on this is that, you know, as much as turnovers have, you know, enforcing them helps and, you know, the turnover differential, the thing that they say that they have found makes the biggest difference in, in determining whether a team is successful is explosive play differential. And, you know, how many explosives are you creating? How many? Yeah, that's are you an advanced up? metric that I don't have access to. I'll, I'll well, see if I can find it. So, and, and I look for it. I, Wes, if you find it, please let me know as well. Um, but just, you know, d- diving into the numbers, Georgia is top 10 in both. Georgia is the only team that is top 10 in both t- 20 plus yard plays created and 20 plus yard plays allowed. Fewest, obviously, there. Uh, they have created 44, they have allowed 15. That is a difference of 29. Um, and, and it, you know, again, I haven't done the math on everyone in the country, but the fact that they are the only top 10 team in, in both leads me to believe that that 29 is probably number one in the country. So here's, I, I did find, I didn't find differential, but I just found long scrimmage plays from cfbstats.com. Seems pretty and that, intuitive. And that's where, the, that's where the, the stat comes from, the 20 plus yep. yard. Yep. So 44 of 20 plus, 128 of 10 plus, and that's fourth best in the country behind LSU, Southern Cal, and TCU. Uh, so yeah, guys, turnover is a big one. And if you want to get involved in the uh, playoff discussion a few days early here, they look at that game control stat. All right, and ESPN has uh, kept track of that. Game control is just, I don't know what the number is. I think it's your your point differential by a certain point in the game or for a length of time in the game, Georgia's game control is 17. Washington leading the country in that, and Oklahoma's number two. Oklahoma's up there in a lot of these stats. Um, maybe Georgia dodged a bullet by not playing at, at Oklahoma early in the season. Uh, we'll never know. But Georgia is uh, – they're up there too, though. And it th- this game control thing, if you want to look at what Georgia's doing with the turnovers, I think that's – Probably your biggest separator for Georgia. You got turnovers that have been pretty costly for the dogs. Um, so when we look at the rest of the season, guys, 
what do you expect Georgia to improve upon the most? I mean, they're as I mentioned, they're already doing pretty well in a lot of different areas. But as this team is starting to gel, that Kentucky game gave us a glimpse. What do you think Georgia can continue to build on here? I'm going to walk under the highest limbo bar there is because, uh, you know, just to kind of be positive and say it's a high bar. I expect Arian Smith to catch more passes because he's dropped a lot of them lately. And listen, Georgia fans, I watched you last year try to run Lad McConkey off. Yep. Yeah. I watched you try to try to your best to bench him. All right. That you wanted to get rid of him. He fumbled. He muffed a couple punts and he fumbled against Kent State and he dropped about three passes, I think it was, against Missouri. And you guys are done. Uh, Lad came back and had a good season. Folks, Arian showed you against, against Ohio State, man. Um, that's the kind of cat that, that can come through for you and do some things and get wide open in a, in a spot where you've got to have it. Um, so I think, you know, when you, one of the guys that hasn't come up on our lists, Palmer, of people that can step up for Brock Bowers is, uh, is Arian Smith. And, yep. and I firmly believe Georgia can get more out of him than it has gotten of late. And, and that's a guy that I think, um, can really help Georgia. I also think going forward, I really do expect Georgia to play better, more sound defense. And there was one comment from Kirby yesterday that really made me kind of, I don't know, it kind of it, it kind of altered my brain chemistry a little bit concerning this defense. And he was talking about Smile Munden. And he was talking about, I think Smile is finally starting to get to about 100%. And, you know, uh, we've seen two make plays this year. We've seen him do some good things. But I think there are some deemed-up guys on that defense that kind of gutted it out early this year. I think he's one of them. I think Jamon Dumas-Johnson's another, uh, the more I hear there. Um, you know, I think Chaz Chambliss has also been deemed up at a different different points this season. Um, yeah, man, I, I think I, I really expect Georgia's defense to play a lot better coming out of this bye week. Palmer, what are you seeing, man? Just a lot cleaner football. Um, you know, Jake and I were talking about this, and, and you know, the Arian Smith conversation, um, you know, brings it kind of full circle. Carson Beck's had some opportunities to hit downfield, and and you feel like he's probably going to, um, you know, maybe a little bit cleaner and and, and hit on some of those. Um, you know, and, and if they strike downfield, and they hit those explosive plays. I mean, we, we were just talking about how explosive this team already has been. If you can be even more explosive and, and create some of those shots downfield and, and hit on those, um, it, it could mean big things. Um, so, I mean, to me, I just I expect to see cleaner football. Um, you know, the offensive line, like you're pointing out there, um, I think that as, as that group gets healthier – um, you know, it's in a Marius Mims comes back. Good things are ahead for them there. I, I, you know, I, as much doom and gloom as there is about the Brock Bauer situation. And that is absolutely a challenge for this team. One that they're going to have to overcome and, and find answers to their Brock has been an answer. He won't be able to be one for the next couple of weeks. Um, so they're going to have to find an, other answers. Um, but I, I just expect everyone else. Are you predicting that Brock will be back in three weeks, Palmer? Nah, I didn't mean couple quite literally like that. Okay. Um, no, I, I've I've got a couple of thoughts there though that you I know just had I had to clarify I, I, that because someone's going to quote you on that. And yeah, you know, you're you're right there. You're right there. 
Um, you know, to me, I, I think that Brock's absence can, you know, as much as these players say that they're not trying to use it as a rallying cry, I think it can be something that focus focuses everyone else to play clean, crisp football. Um, you know, knowing that there's a lot less margin for error without 19 out there. No doubt. And you brought up Marius Mims. We'll talk more about Kirby's update on him, but I want to focus on one group we haven't spoken about. That's the offensive line. And I think we all agree that this group has not played up to the potential that it can have, even with a lot of the musical chairs it's had at a lot of different positions. But take a look at what I have up on the screen here. Uh, Georgia Football put this tweet out. Georgia's on the midseason honor roll watch list for the Joe Moore Award. Uh, that is 19 rushing touchdowns, best in the league. Best in the league and 12th nationally for just giving up six sacks in seven games. You know, coming in, we said, you know, how's Carson Beck going to perform back there? He doesn't have the mobility that Stetson does. Is he going to be able to get out of some sacks that Stetson was able to get out of? So far, that hasn't really been an issue. And Georgia is uh, piling up 5904 yards per game, which is, bring that up, fifth nationally. So even though we've been critical of this group, they're still getting the job done too. So as Amarius Mims gets back into the fold, it's only going to get better, you would assume. Yeah, and I'm telling you right now, Georgia, it's going to be huge for Georgia to get uh, to get him back because Tennessee at home, James Pierce – Best pass rusher they're going to play this year. Georgia's going to need number 65 in that game. And, um, you know, I'm not sure if he's going to be back for Florida. I think he I think he might be back enough that he can get a few snaps. Rusty maybe. seemed to believe that he would be when he was on yeah. Pine Bomb. Right, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think there's a chance he's back. I don't know that he's going to go out there and play all the snaps. Um, but, man, <clears throat> telling you, getting 65 back and getting his feet under him, especially before they get to Knoxville, is a huge deal. Um, because I mean, re- honestly, if they can get him back before Missouri, uh, too, because Missouri's Missouri gets after the quarterback a little bit too. They've got some guys up front, um, but but you know, Amarius Mims is is a phenomenal player. Uh, man, I I just think it's a huge feather, and, and one thing that hasn't that isn't up there that should be one of the biggest feathers in Stacy Searle's cap is is he's had to he's had to flip that right tackle position twice, and twice he's done it seamlessly. Um, once with Xavier Trust going in for Mims, and again uh, with Monroe Freeling going in for uh, Xavier Trust, and um, you know Georgia has played now. I guess if we look at it, eight guys at this point in the season in crunch time minutes, like eight guys that absolutely had to play, and that was with probably your sixth man to start the season, Austin Blasky, um, you know being hurt for most of the year as well. Um, they've they've done a phenomenal job. It might be job. more than that because. I don't know if you're including Jared Wilson in yeah, there. Yeah, Jared Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I forget about him because it was only like three or four yeah. snaps. It wasn't, but I guess he did play some guard early in there. So nine. Yeah. I mean, you, are you looking at nine different guys who have played legitimately? You know, uh, a, a very important, very you know, game is in the balance type snaps, and that's going to pay off for Georgia. You know, Huge. we're already we're seven games in the year. It's going to pay off for Georgia next year, big time. Some mixed results on uh, Monroe Freeling. Rhett Womack over here calling a shot, says he has receipts, said Freeling would be an all-SEC tackle, doing it a year sooner than I expected. Dylan Brooks owning up, 
I was wrong on Freeling. Thought he was a two-year project, two, three-year project. Damn glad I'm wrong. Monroe uh, deserves a lot of credit for that because he had a great spring and added about 20 pounds and he got himself. He, he deserves a he deserves a big pat on the back there because he uh, I don't know if he used the Joe Thomas three peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and a you know 32 ounce whole milk or what, but he he put on some weight. That sounds good right now. I wish I could do that. Uh quick Florida preview though. Uh, not gonna spend a ton of time on this. But you want to talk about a group that will be vital to Georgia beating Florida. Just look at what Kentucky did. Kentucky made Florida quit early by mashing the football. So two guys that we'll address in a moment. Marius Mims and Kendall Milton could be a big part of that. Uh, guys, big part of our show here is bird dogs. You see me wearing the shirt right here. It's comfortable. I've had it on all day. Um, and it. I, I can't say anything else about it. Palmer's got the hat on. It just fits me like a glove, man. I don't know how they knew. kind of creeps me out that they knew that this would fit me so well. But the shorts, the pants, also great options. And if you follow the link to Bird Dogs in this show's description, you will get a free Hydro Flask-style water bottle with your purchase if you have not done so already. Getting a little cooler out there, maybe you don't want to wear the April Big Cannons, which is uh, one of their models of short. Maybe you want to get the pants instead. Well, they got khakis, they got joggers, they got uh, Stephen Jobs pants here that look pretty stylish. They got uh, the joggers that I know Jake Rowe's a big fan of. Wear joggers. those around pretty often too. Bird Dogs is a very comfortable line of clothing. I wasn't really big on this like cuffed pant style thing until they sent me some and they've converted me, man. They've converted me. Check out Bird Dogs. Use that code DOGS at checkout, and you will have a free Hydro Flask-style water bottle. All right, we had an update on Amarius Mims and Kendall Milton, two guys, as I mentioned, that will be huge, not just against Florida, but down the stretch. Let's start out with Mims. Touched on him a little bit, but it's relevant now. He had that, uh, I keep wanting to call it high-wire surgery, but it's the tightrope surgery uh, that Brock Bowers just had himself, and he's about to be back in four to five weeks himself. Call it what you want, Trebek. What matters is does it work. You can you can call it whatever you want. What matters is does it work. And I, you know, man, I don't know. I don't know about this thing. I mean, obviously, you know, Mims, you know, being back as a giant human back that fast is pretty important. Um, Palmer, you said you had some thoughts on this. I'm interested to see what they are as far as the, the the healing process from this injury. For Brock Bowers? Brock Bowers, Marius Mims, comparisons, contrasts. I mean, I texted you them yesterday about Brock. Is that You didn't say I, anything. You're lying. <laughs> I think that Brock Bowers has not played his last game at Sanford Stadium. I think that he is – going to be available for Georgia against Ole Miss and, um, you know, and to dress out at, at least and, and be available if necessary. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, Jake, you said you would, it wouldn't surprise you if he was dressing out for Missouri to, you know, try to throw a wrinkle in that game plan for the Tigers about the possibility of, uh, you know, Bowers potentially being out there. So, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, you know that that that's my thought about that. Um, 
uh, about Bowers and, and the tightrope. And um, yes, uh, Famous Jay, I, I absolutely have watched a uh, tightrope YouTube video over the last couple of days. Um, it, it, it kind of fascinated me. And, yeah. And, uh, I'm glad it was like a simulated thing, though. Not oh, like absolutely. I, I, I wouldn't have been able to stomach uh you know an actual diet robe surgery so um but yeah so i i do think that you know we're seeing um we're seeing players continue to come back from that uh well and i think that i think that brock bowers is gonna be back you think he's gonna be back palmer you asked kirby about it yeah yeah i did i did <laughs> yeah he got I, after I too he, he he got after me a little. Kirby bit. was spicy yesterday. Well, yeah, you know, at I, least at least he didn't question my ability to field a punt. Well, the thing about it is the thing, and I'm listen. I'm not making a prediction here, but we'll reel off some names for you: Nick Chubb, uh, Todd Gurley, um, a, uh, George Pickens, Adrian Peterson. All of these guys made you know Rod Woodson. Uh, tore his ACL, I believe, in the preseason one year and then came back and played in the Super Bowl. Um, these these freak show guys, you know, these these studs, they have a way of healing. And I don't know if Brock Bowers is going to do that or not. But I will say this. That cat, he's going to be wearing a Georgia uniform with shoulder pads and pants and a helmet against Missouri. 1,000%. If for nothing else, then it's a home game but probably so Kirby can have play some gamesmanship too. Probably go through a few little warm-up things, a few little paces there, but ultimately not not all of it. Um, you know, I think there's a chance he's back from Missouri. I think Tennessee's realistic. I really do think Tennessee is realistic. And, you know, hopefully that moron what piece of trash that has been all over the internet today talking about how Tennessee's going to go for that ankle, um, you know, Hopefully they can uh, maybe get him on the sideline and he can get chased around so I can go after his ankle for a little while. Well, I, I wasn't going to bring him up, but since you did, uh, I can't help but notice that Georgia-Tennessee pregame smack talk took a massive uh, downturn from last season. Last season, he actually had some substance with Eric Ainge. This guy's just a lunatic. Um, if you haven't seen it, I'm sure you'll see it soon enough. I'm not going to put it on our show, but but yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm with you, the tightrope thing, and with Brock and and everything that Ron Corson has done, the track record that he has at Georgia, getting guys back, and not just putting them back in there before they're ready. Georgia's good about that too. They don't get guys back out on the field until they are really ready to go because they don't want to risk anything. It's not worth it. Uh, Kendall Milton, really quick, Jake. I know you got to hop off. Kendall Milton, a guy that everyone's beaten up on, uh, but the MCL prognosis seems promising at least from Kirby at this point maybe it's mind games maybe the MCL sprain is just going to be something that kind of lingers with Kendall this year hey listen if you're going to try to call that kid soft just hang out there and eat your wavy lays and and you know your french onion dip or whatever you make and just just shut up because there's a difference between like being injury prone and and being soft and this cat has played through injuries this cat goes to treatment regularly um, he's going to be fine, uh, you know, as far as, you know, as far as Florida game goes, as long as there's not another setback. I mean, and listen, I, I get it. I get like, uh, you know, I understand. Like, I mean, I, I see Kendall Milton on the sideline with a with a big knee brace on or something wrapped, and I'm like, dang, again? 
You know, like I get that. And, 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 and you know who else does that? Kendall. You know who else does that? Chris Milton, his dad. You know, like everybody understands there have been a lot of injuries. That's obvious. But stop with the soft stuff, guys. This cat just, I mean, I watched him just mow down a Vandy guy the other day um, in the open field, just ran over a guy because he's not soft. He just, he just gets dinged up. Honestly, I wonder sometimes if, you know, being a 6'1", 6'2", back, because mm-hmm. it might maybe expose your, expose your legs to some stuff sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that's kind of some stuff too. But, man, I'm telling you, I think you've seen the last two games, or the last game and a half really. Um, Kendall can be a weapon for Georgia when he's healthy. And, and you know, you go down to – you look at the last half of last season, I want to say in the last seven games he had four games where he averaged over eight yards a carry. Um, he was really good in the SEC championship game, uh, you know, over 100 yards. And I think that, that you know, there's an opportunity here for him and Dejan Edwards to kind of, you know, have their carve out their own little one-two punch niche in Georgia history. And, and you know, I think that that's an opportunity for them to get there, especially with Georgia being able to kind of move, you know, into some stuff. And, and I mentioned it today on our board, and I think it, I really do think it's true. I think to this point in the season, I'm not saying Georgia should change anything, but I think Georgia has sufficiently through seven games thrown the football to where it can – where it has thrown to set up the run through what it has done through previous games and not necessarily it has to do that every every Saturday coming out. Um, I actually thought Georgia may have gotten to the run game a little late against Vandy, um, you know, and they started kind of gashing them with it. So I think that that's something that, that you might see is Georgia having a little more success running the ball early in games as teams are kind of geared up for Georgia to air it out because it's the first pass-happy, pass-heavy you know, overall throws it more than they run it team that we've seen from Georgia since 1994. Wow. What a stat. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ro, uh, I'll let you run, man. I know you got some stuff to take care of. Appreciate it. We will pivot now to uh, Georgia's big flip of the day, Palmer. I I know you're not the recruiting expert, but you do know a little bit about this guy growing up near your neck of the woods. Yeah. As Andre Evans flips his commitment from LSU to the Dogs. And this guy's a four-star, a little bit of a project, uh, we think, at this point. Camps really well. He's big, almost 6'1", 185 pounds. So that's right out of the uh, central casting for a Georgia member of the secondary. And I really like what he told Chad Simmons and Jeremy Johnson. Jeremy should be popping up here in a few minutes. Uh, Yes, he will be here. Um, I like that he said that he doesn't expect to play as a starter right away. And that's something you got to look out for in this transfer portal era. The highest percentage of players that go into the portal are guys that are wideouts and DBs. Yeah. Those fast guys, man, you got to keep tabs on them because they'll they'll get a wandering eye and try to go transfer somewhere else. But Andre Evans is not about to do that. He's flipped from LSU. Fran Brown is an elite recruiter, man, and he was persistent on this guy, persistent on his coaches, his family, and flipped him. 
and he just loves the dogs. He came up and visited practice, really loved what he saw on a Wednesday. This guy just seems a little bit different. He didn't want to come to a game because he didn't want the red carpet treatment is what he said. What's up, Jeremy? Uh, just I'll, I'll let you take the baton from here, man. You, uh, you, you spoke with Andre Evans here, the big flip from LSU, and already kind of pointed out how he has the mentality that he doesn't expect to start right away. He's okay with being developed, and I think this guy needs a little bit of development in game action. And who better to do that than Will Muschamp and Fran Brown? Yeah, yeah, you know that was a that was a cool, interesting part of that conversation I had with him is because he, I mean, I didn't even ask there. He kind of went there himself, and you could tell it was you know close on his mind that he wanted to be in a situation where he could go learn and develop and have an opportunity. I mean, he didn't even necessarily say he he was guaranteed to start after he develops. You know, that's that was so unusual to me, and I had to you know kind of dig into it and make sure I was hearing him correctly. So you know, when Georgia recruits guys like that. You know, you set yourself up, you know, to be a contender for years. You know, you'll have the Ellis Robinson who, you know, I think me and Rusty have been on here both and kind of, highly, you know, praised him as being a guy that, you know, it's going to be hard to keep off the field next year just because of how good he is right now. But then you get a guy like this. Yeah, I mean, then you get a guy like this. I mean, if Ellis goes to the NFL early, well, man, you got this guy who's a former top 200 recruit in the country, you know, with tons of upside and tons of ability that can come in and, and be a guy for two years for you and potentially be an NFL guy himself just with his measurables. He's a big guy, big, fast guy. So, you know, this, this, I mean, I, this is a very interesting pickup for Georgia, big pickup. And I think that will be a big part of the picture, you know, in two years. Anytime you flip somebody within the league, you got to feel good about the ceiling, regardless of where they are right now in high school. Uh, our scouting report on Andre Evans over at On Threes, uh, his player card, physically gifted corner prospect with high-end athleticism, long speed. Uh, we, I think we've confirmed that he's around 6'1", 185, right, Jeremy? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I've gotten is that he's 6'1", 185. He may even be closer to 190 at this point. But Yeah, he looks big. Finished second in the state finals with a 10.55 second mark in the 100-meter and a 21.85 in the 200 meter, uh, really fast. Uh, has has some work to do, of course, but everything about his mentality, man. If you're a dogs fan, you gotta love just how pumped he is and sold he was about Georgia's culture, about what they do at practice, uh, about how Fran Brown walks what he talks. I mean, we we go on and on about Fran Brown at least every other show. It seems like. But the job that he did to get this dude just shows you whether he pans out as an elite corner or safety or whatever Georgia turns him into being. The fact that you got Fran Brown in the fold should make you feel really good about not just this kid, but a lot of other prospects down the road. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Fran, Fran Brown's turned into one of these guys that you hear on the recruiting trail all the time. Hey, I love Fran Brown. You know, I'm thinking about Georgia because of Fran Brown. That's kind of what we heard of Todd Hartley, you know, two or three years ago when he was kind of getting on that role with tight ends. And, you know, you know, we see how that's turned out, obviously, with Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington and Lawson Lucky, Oscar Delb, and, you know, Ellis, Elias Williams and, you know, that group that's that's going to be in Athens for the next five or six years. I think this defensive back group has an opportunity to be something similar just because of what Fran Brown is doing. I mean, and they're, you know, 
you know, cornerback, safety, whatever these guys are going to play, all of them have one thing in common is that they can run. And I think that's kind of where it starts, being able to run. And I think he has a type and he is sticking to it. And this guy fits all of the, the measurables that he's looking for. Well, and I see Keith Simmons here pulling up the 100 meters uh, with, with the comp to Malachi Starks, also the same time as Julian Humphrey, who somebody mm-hmm. earlier in the chat compared him to as well. So, yeah, that is that is fast, guys. That is really, really fast. Um, and, and you're right there, Jeremy, where you say whether these guys are playing corner or safety or whatever, Georgia needs bodies in the, mm-hmm. in the secondary because – like Wes mentioned, as we were introducing this topic, that's a position that tra- hits the transfer portal pretty often. Yeah. Um, it's also one that guys head to the draft early. Um, you know, those those positions where those those skill positions where you gotta have the speed and and the younger you are, the, you know, they they they'll work with somebody that's a little bit raw. Um, whereas, you know, say on an offensive lineman, you want a polished product, a quarterback, you want a polished product. Those, those wide receivers, corners, um, running backs to an extent, they're, they're willing to work with a, uh, you know, with, with a raw player there. And I think George is getting one here. Um, but, but like he said, he's, uh, you know, willing and, you know, more than happy to sit behind some of these guys and learn and, um, you know, he's gonna he's gonna have some great guys to learn behind because you know, Georgia's going to have Dalen Everett coming back as a starter. You know, assume Kamari Lasseter is gone because he's one of the top corners in the country. Well, they've got Julian Humphrey that has experience. Who yeah. knows what Nylon Green is gonna be doing? Ellis Robinson, like we said in this class, uh, uh you know, one of the top players in the country, uh, you know, likely to be factoring in. Oh, by the way, Daniel Harris and Chris Peel and, and AJ Harris. Really, really good corners too. So, Kyron Jones. yeah, Kyron Jones. He's working a little bit more at star from from well, what we've seen. But um, yeah. you know that that's the thing about this group is Georgia will find. You know, J- Justin Rett was a corner when he signed. Yeah. He's now yeah. working at safety. Georgia will find guys and and you know bodies in that a, willing and able bodies in the defensive backfield and find a spot for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Javon Bullard wasn't a, was was a corner when he, he signed. Yeah, they he they had ideas to play him at star from the get go, but you know now he's at safety. So you know what what you're listed at he, as here. You know, look, Georgia has three defensive back commits in the class of 2024. All three are listed at corner. That doesn't mean that all three are going to just slot right into Fran Brown's cornerback room. Um, I would expect, and I don't, you know, I haven't haven't watched enough film on on all three of them to you know, and seeing their games and, and familiar enough with their games to know which one is going to be the one. But with Tyke Smith probably on his way out, um, you know, Javon Bullard potentially, Kamari Lassiter, there's going to be some turnover in this Georgia secondary. Um, and, and they're going to need bodies at, at all these positions, corner, star, safety. Um, they're going to find a place for, for talented players uh, like, like Evans here. Georgia's still number one in on threes uh, recruiting rankings for 2024. Ohio State and Florida, Bama and A&M rounding out the top five. Georgia right now three, five stars, a whole mess of four stars. But look at where they've, you know, landed a lot of guys. Ellis Robinson back in. Justin Williams, elite. Joseph Jonah Ajanye on the D-line. Chris Cole, linebacker. 
Hmm. Uh, DeMello Jones, big one out of Swainsboro. Just looking at the defense, of course, Jordan Thomas, Andre Evans now in this one. They're they're beefing up, and they're beefing up in all the areas that you need for an elite defense. And uh, we had a hot take here from Rhett Womack that that 25 defense will be better than the 21 defense. On paper, could be, man, by the time these guys get their feet wet and get out there. Let's chop some wood and take this thing home, fellas. I'll start us off. I'm going to chop wood about White Lightning, Matthew Bowling, the guy that uh, is heading off for much bigger and better things than what he did at Georgia. <clears throat> if you haven't seen this guy run, a bunch of Georgia students saw him up close and personal. And I'm going to chop wood about the fact that you don't want to race this dude. He's kind of incognito here. Here's the video. He offered people to race him and win $100. If you didn't know who he was, I can – I can see why you might think you have a chance to get kind of a twig. But then once he takes the Braves cap off and the sunglasses, it's game over. I'm just chopping one about that, man. Do not race Matthew Bowling. And definitely don't race a stranger on what looks like a game day tailgate situation when you're wearing a Notre Dame jersey and this guy wearing a Brock Bowers jersey. doesn't end well for him either as he eats the pavement. Be smart. I know you're in college. But make some business decisions that turn out a little bit better than that. Don't race white lightning. I got pulled with something watching that. Yeah, I'm I need to ice up. Jeez. Um, I will I'll I'll take the axe next and, and chop wood about Georgia basketball. Um, because that's what my day has been about. Um went to Birmingham for the day, heard from Noah Thomason, Justin Hill, um, to high school. Or uh, two AAU teammates, um, you know, arch rivals in high school played against each other there in Houston, Texas. Um, but great buddies that are reconnecting at Georgia this year. Um, Hill was on the team last year, probably slot, slotting in to be a uh, projected starter at point guard. Noah Thomason transferring in from Niagara, where he averaged, I want to say, like 19 points a game. What um, was a standout there um, and, and comes to Georgia this year. By way of the transfer portal, um, we're, we're two just over two under two weeks away um, from the uh, their first exhibition game. Just over two weeks away away from their first actual game, um, they'll be taking on former Georgia Bulldog Kerry Oquendo and the Oregon Ducks in Las Vegas. I won't be making the trip to Vegas, unfortunately, but Bummer. I did make the trip to Birmingham. And uh, heard a lot about this team, excited about this team, um, and we'll have more for you um, as Georgia basketball gets rolling here before too long. Man, can't believe it. Already here. Jeremy, what you got, man? I'm going to chop wood on uh, – it's Halloween, and I'm doing this uh, – I'm not a big Halloween guy, um, but I love movies. So this month I decided to just watch a bunch of Halloween movies and scary movies to um, – you know, make a little marathon out of this month. And uh, so far I've seen, I've seen the shining for the first time and definitely saw the hype. Uh, just trying to, I'm looking for suggestions if any of you got, you have any, um, but yeah, just some of the classics like the shining. Um, I did watch the, the sleep doctor, you know, there's been a lot of really good ones over the, over the years that I've, you know, I haven't seen and I feel really bad because I'm like, you know, I, I see Michael Myers. I've never really seen the movie, so that'll be next on my list. There's a really good show on Netflix that I saw. Um, 
but yeah, I'm just chopping wood on really good Halloween movies. Um, that's 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 where I'm at with it right now. Yeah, um, The Shining is is an all timer, man. And the Red Coat Band uses that song. Yeah, it's kind of like George's Rocky Top. Is that Shining opening score? It's really creepy. Yeah, y'all <laughs> hit Jeremy up with some of your Halloween movie recommendations. We'll all take them too as we're uh, kind of settling in for a little bit of a rest on the bye week. You never know what could pop. Uh, today, we just had a flip, so it hasn't been boring around here, especially with the Brock Bowers news. Y'all stay locked into dogshq.com. A lot more stuff over there. $1 for one month of premium info, breaking down this team, taking about uh, talking about some guys that George is looking at, competing with, even though they're already committed elsewhere, like Nazir Johnson. A little bit of buzz around him out of Dublin. We'll see where that goes. And uh, keeping you plugged into the team as we lead up to that cocktail party down there in Jacksonville. Hit like and subscribe here if you like the show. We're available here on YouTube and on podcast live every Wednesday and Sunday at 8.30 after every Georgia game and Monday every night at 9 p.m. for Bark After Dark. Palmer, the heart and soul of that show, producing it for uh, both of the Jakes. So y'all check out all the stuff we have everywhere. You can't have enough dogs, and we have it all for you right here at Dogs HQ. Y'all have a great bi-week weekend. We'll catch you here again soon. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.